Our librarians next on the Republicans' target list. Uh, we're going to discuss that and more with our new TYT national correspondent, Matthew Sheffield. Uh, and uh, and Matthew would know better than most because he used to be part of the right wing. Uh, in fact, he set up some rather large um, organizations and, and media outlets for them, uh, but uh, found his way while writing a book about uh, the movement, realized they're wrong. Uh, so that's a hell of a conclusion. Uh, and then he worked at Salon and The Hill, and now he's with us at TYT. Uh, Matthew, let's start with uh, Banana Republics first, though. Um, so I hear from the right wing uh, all the time, oh, my God, I can't believe they're investigating Donald Trump. It's like a Banana Republic. Is that true? Um, well, it is not true, uh, because as a matter of fact, if you look at uh, countries across the world, um, there are tons of countries, uh, major industrialized nations that everybody's heard of it, and America does tons of business with that have jailed and investigated their uh, their leaders. I mean, you've got Japan, you've got Italy, you've got uh, France. I mean, just tons of places all over the world. And people, and the common denominator is people were accused of committing the crime and they had their day in court, and some of them lost. So that's the mark of a stable and honest government. Not it's not a banana. Yeah, it's amazing how they uh, flip the truth on its head so consistently and so well, and get uh, their um, basically their followers to to believe them. Because I mean, of course, the the point of your story uh, that people can find on tyt.com/stories uh, is. Yeah, upholding the rule of law for everyone is what you do in a democracy, not a banana republic. And in a banana in a banana republic, you the elites are above the law, and they can break the law anytime they like. So uh, even Israel uh, holds their leaders accountable, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, they had had one prime minister who actually just recently a former prime minister who went came out of jail. He came out of prison. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and then they've got another guy right now, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, who is having a trial for corruption and bribery. And, uh, I mean, it, it, certainly people are talking about it a lot in Israel, but the reality is, you know, you do, you do the crime, you do the time. Um, that's how democracy works. That's how republics work and, uh, you know, regular republics. Yeah. So, I mean, they are, like you said, they already, uh, imprisoned uh, a former prime minister on the Netanyahu case, which is a different case. Um, honestly, I was shocked. I mean, look, uh, Israel is not uh, the standard bearer for rule of law when it comes to the occupation. Uh, but in their own court system, in their own politics, they're actually pretty good about corruption. Like the Netanyahu case is honestly like 1% of the corruption that our politicians do. And still, Israel thought it was too much, which is to their great credit. Uh, and and same is true of all the countries that you listed. Uh, so uh, that and that's what we're trying to do with our correspondents: bring you things that are actually true, as opposed to the mainstream media just saying right wingers say that if you hold the elite accountable, it's a banana republic. I don't care what right wingers say. What is actually true? So, which then leads us to librarians. Um, okay. <laughs> Why on God's green earth are you attacking librarians now? Well, it all goes back to the larger right-wing war on science and on secular learning. Um, that's really what it comes down to, because 
Um, they've so they've always had it out for science educators ever since you know the uh, Charles Darwin published on the origin of species. But in the latest reincarnation of this nonsense, and they've literally come and done these these things every every few decades. It's like they have an, another iteration of this. But the latest one now is that they they think that children should not be allowed to learn that racism exists or existed. Like that some of them are even complaining about teaching kids that slavery existed. Um, and so like, and, and then, and then of course they're, they're throwing in trying to basically ban any sort of acknowledgement that there are kids out there who are LGBTQ and you know, and because basically their goal is to shove everybody back into the closet, um, whether that's, uh, you know, if you're a sexual minority or whether you are a non-Christian of one stripe or another, they don't want you to be a part of the public square. And so they are literally going to librarians and threatening them. Um, so in Idaho, for instance, they the, the right wing uh, activists there, they literally were showing up at library meetings with guns and saying, we don't want you to publish to have these books in the library. And the library said, well, actually, we don't have any of those books in the library. And we have no plans to purchase them because nobody's asked for us to buy any of these books. And the guy said, OK, well, you need to explicitly ban that you will never purchase these books. Guarantee you will never purchase these books. And they're sitting there um, and they, they had so many people showing up at these library meetings with guns uh, in their holsters and whatnot that they literally had to move the library meetings to a building owned and controlled by the local police. That's how insane these people are. Matt, I'm gonna ask an unrelated question, but it's adjacent to this topic first, and I'm gonna come back to LGBTQ and race issues. When you were in the right wing, uh, did you guys have a good belly laugh over how dumb the mainstream media is and how you can get them to call anything even um, just by bullying them? Because I mean, if we had a fair press in this country, they would call, they would say, "Yeah, the right wing has lost its goddamn mind. They're attacking librarians now." Um, but they don't say that. They just say, "Oh, the the right wing says that they care about parents and children, and that's why they had to attack the librarians." So, a genuine question: Did you did you guys believe the stuff you said about? Oh my God, the the media is run by liberals and and they're oppressing us, or were you guys secretly laughing your ass off uh, behind the scenes at how you bullied them? Um, you know, it, it, I think it was a mix. So I'd say most of the activists that I worked with, they actually believe that the media are biased against them. Um, they actually believe it. And, you know, and, and here's the thing, like on a certain level, the media is like corporate centrist Democrat to some degree or another. I think that's I think there is some truth to that statement, but the reality is, of course, they're not a progressive media. They're not, you know, and you can call it liberal or progressive. They're not that. And, and uh, you know, and I did have that. I tr did try over the years to try to get people to understand, look, you know, they're not uh, out there supporting. It's obvious they're not supporting Bernie Sanders. Um, so, you know, what is this? And, and I never really got people to answer that. They, It's like, for them, there is no difference between anyone, you know, to the left of Liz Cheney. Um, they, everyone is a communist, uh, regardless of if it's Joe Biden or AOC or Karl Marx himself. Everyone's a communist. <laughs> yeah, um, that that sounds right. 
<laughs> and and by the way, I totally agree. I think the media is largely uh, at this point what they would call centrist, what we would call corporate uh, Democrats, and that's because the centrist Democrats uh, have become the most pro corporate wing of any party. Um, so in when I was growing up, uh, the media was not was more balanced, not in terms of right wing or left wing. No, they hated both of us. Uh, they always have. Uh, but they were more balanced in that they would go corporate Republican, corporate Democrat. We love you. We love you. We love you. John McCain, Joe Lieberman. Hey, you guys agreed. Tax cuts for the rich. More wars. Yay. Now there's more populist Republicans. And that makes the the corporate marketing department called cable news more jittery. Right. And so that's that's where uh, why they lean towards corporate centrists. All right. Uh, Democrats. All right. Back to the libraries. Um, so LGBTQ issues, uh, the right wing says, no, 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 we, we don't hate gay people at all. We don't want to take away their rights, but don't ever talk about them. They're disgusting. So, OK, again, you were in the right wing. Which one is it? Um, I mean, because, again, I look at if you went to on cable news right now, I think they would yell at you on CNN and say, no, Republicans don't hate gays. That's an outrageous thing to say. Yeah, well, it's so it's kind of a mix. I'd say there's like, uh, I mean, so one thing that I think a lot of progressives don't know about the right in the United States is that the average Republican voter is actually a lot less radical than the D.C. Republicans. Um, the D.C. Republican, so the Republican elite, they're um, on, on, you know, they're they're much more radical. They 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 love, you know, subsidizing billionaires. They actively want to do that. They actively want to, you know, uh, criminalize, you know, uh, same-sex marriage, like or 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 having a same-sex relationship. Like the the D.C. Republicans want that stuff. A lot of them and. So and, and and there's a small subset of those DC Republicans and, and those are the ones that are that are that you see invited on cable TV a lot the most. And that is these people who they have no constituency. You know, like these are the people who were like anti Trump. They, they they were the never Trumps who went in and were like, Okay, just kidding, actually we'll we'll support Trump. That's who I'm talking about. Those people don't most of them don't hate um lesbian and gay and transgender people most of them don't but that's like a very small percentage of the republican elites most of the republican elites are like josh hawley or ted cruz and they do hate gay people and they are you know i mean it they hate it when you call them this but they are christo fascists that's what i call them and for them you know they want it so that anyone who you can you can have full rights if you are white or Christian or straight. Um, and if you're not one of those three, then you can't have rights. Um, so if, if you can have one of those three, then you can have rights. But if you, you don't have any of those three, then screw you. Um, and that's basically the, the role that they see for themselves. And, you know, and, and demographically, I mean, here's the, here's the interesting thing is that when you look at polls, Basically, the, the percentage of people who are willing to vote for these, you know, insane, intolerant ideas, it, it shrinks and shrinks every year because younger people are not interested in it. The only people, uh, generationally speaking, that Donald Trump won in 2020 was people older than 65. 
Um, and so basically they know they have a losing hand. And my book that I was originally writing that, that took me out of the right was basically me saying, look, guys, you've got to you've got to compromise here on the Christian supremacist stuff. You've got to compromise on this billionaire welfare stuff because the younger people, they don't want it. And, you know, it's time to it's time to change and let people have serve the public because supposedly that's what you want. And basically <laughs> I got to the point where I was like, well, they don't want to serve the public. They want to serve their, you know, their uh, corporate masters and their, you know, uh, religious masters. That's what they want. And so, so Matt, yeah. yeah, we're massively out of time, but I got, I can't help it. I got to ask one last question. Um, so, is it? I agree with you that some portion, maybe about half the Republicans, are not irredeemable. I think that, and why do I think that? It's not just being hopeful. It's not the Biden kumbaya nonsense. No, I've seen the polling. They're positions are actually progressive. They just don't know it, right? They think like, oh, they love Medicare and Social Security, and they think those are right-wing programs that uh, that are, you know, that big government would screw up. They just don't realize, no, they're that's big government programs, right? They just don't know, right? Um, but half of them are, I think, are totally irredeemable. It's the 28% number that you see in every poll that hates immigrants, doesn't want to teach about race, hates gay people, et cetera, right? But for the half that are redeemable, how can we possibly reach them and get them to understand that everyone has lied to them? Yeah, well, and I mean, honestly, that is the question that should be on the minds of every Democratic leader in America, that um, they should be thinking about how to do that at all times, because yeah, basically, the, the 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 percentage of Republicans who don't buy into all this, you know, uh, ludicrous nonsense, they actually think that Democrats are the extreme ones, <laughs> even though you know, even the most extreme quote unquote Democrats out there, like AOC or Bernie Sanders, you know, would basically be just kind of a run of mill, run of the mill, uh, you know, Labor Party member or something like that. So. But they don't know that. And because the right wing, it, the only way that they can um, win elections is to not let people know the truth. And, and so and then and then tell them the opposite. So if you listen to right wing media, they are constantly talking about the radical left, the radical left, the radical left. Um, you know, and like they're telling people that Black Lives Matter is going to come and burn down their house and Antifa is going to throw, uh, you know, uh, throw firebombs at grandma. You know, like that's what they're telling people. And and the reality, you know, you've just got to present the facts to people and tell them like that's and that's where the audience can really come in and, and do something that us as commentators, you know, we, we're known quantities as progressives and on the uh, left center. But if you're, you know, friends or your family and they got sucked into this stuff, because, I mean, there's a lot of people out there who just kind of. You know, they turn on the radio because they got a long commute or something and, you know, they start listening to this crap and, and nobody lets them know that it's nonsense. Um, so, you know, that's I, that's uh, honestly where the audience can, can actually probably be the best factor in all of this. All right. Matt Sheffield, new TYT national correspondent. Everybody check out the stories at TYT.com slash stories. Matt, thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks, Jay. Can Democrats talk about immigration in a way that it turns into a positive? 
I would answer that with, of course. Okay, but we're going to talk to an expert about it. Bruno Solid is a senior communications and political director at United We Dream Action. Uh, Bruno, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, no problem. So uh, you guys did a joint project, right, with a couple of different organizations on how to talk about immigration. What did you guys find? Well, so these are organizations like United Redream Action, SEIU, organizations that are talking to members every day, right? We're talking to voters, we're phone banking, we're text banking, we're canvassing, and we're making sure voters turn out for the midterms. And we know what messages work with everyday people, everyday voters. And so we thought, okay, this information is really great for different candidates to have. So we put a memo and we put it out on the web, you know, on our websites. Um, and put it out on Twitter um, in hopes that the Democratic Party could use some of the messages that we've seen that are working um, in the last few weeks as we've been doing voter engagement. Well, historically, uh, Democratic politicians are not exactly profiles in courage. Uh, the minute uh, Republicans go, boo, they run, run as fast as they possibly can. Uh, so I'm going to get back to the polling on immigration in a second. But so far, has anyone uh, actually shown courage in talking about this issue uh, in their campaigns? I think there's a couple of great examples, right? We um, seen Fetterman's campaign um, do a lot of great videos about his wife. She's an, a former undocumented immigrant and she really leans on the, on the messages, the pro-immigrant messages. She talks about family, things we know that voters care about, right? Um, and this is what we know. Immigration is popular. Programs like DACA, is, are very popular with the American people. People know about it. They took to the streets during the Trump years to protect the program. And Republicans right, right now are still trying to kill the program. Any day now, we could get a decision from the Fifth Circuit that's a very conservative court that could end a DACA program and put over 700,000 700, young people and millions of American families at risk of detention and deportation. So Democrats should be using that. Tell the American people what the Republicans are doing um, against immigrants and the American people will care about that. We've seen not only with polling, but just how folks turned out. You know, another thing during the Trump years, we saw folks turn out during the Muslim ban, during when Trump was putting kids in cages. Those things really ignited the American people because they knew that those things were wrong and they wanted to protect immigrants. And so Democrats have an opportunity right now to remind the American people who the Republican Party is and what they want to do to immigrants. And like I said, Fetterman, I think, has done a great example of that. I think Michelle Vallejo in Texas, she's an immigrant herself. She's been able to talk about her own personal story as an immigrant. You know, many Americans have immigrant backstories. They have family members who were immigrants. Their ancestors were immigrants. And so I think when you're able to talk about that in a positive way, Americans, voters are really able to connect with those stories. Um, and so that's what we're encouraging Democrats to do. And again, not only through polling, but through messages that we are seeing are working with voters. Yeah, so Fetterman is uh, one of the ones that is brave and, and taking the fight to the Republicans. What a shock. Oh, right, he's also the one up by 10 points. Um, but God forbid Democrats should ever learn a lesson. Uh, and Michelle Vallejo, by the way, excellent candidate, in uh, progressive candidate in Texas. Everybody should look into her, and you can tell from her strength, too. Uh, so I'm gonna. this is a funny thing, but I'm going to quote my uh, non-existent book. It isn't out yet. Uh, but uh, but I'm going to take a passage from it. 68% uh, of Americans think the country's openness to people around the world is essential to who we are as a nation. 68%. Uh, only 29% agree with the conservative position that if America is too open to people from all over the world, we risk losing our identity as a nation. 68 to 29, not that subtle. 
Uh, I'll give you another one. 65% of Americans say immigrants strengthen our country because of their hard work and talents. Uh, only 26% of Americans think that immigrants are a burden, quote, because they take our jobs, housing, and health care. So, um, Bruno, when you guys talk to Democrats, do they have trouble understanding numbers? Do they seem a little slow to you? Because what part of these numbers is confusing to someone who'd like to win elections? No, I think, you know, time and time again, we know that, you know, immigration is good for the economy. Like you said, there's a lot of pro, like, things that immigrants make communities better. We know all of those. Those are all facts. Those are all great numbers. Um, I just think that, you know, sometimes there's a lot of, like, things that we hear from back in the day, right? Like, immigration's the third rail. Democrats don't want to touch it. Those are, like, really outdated things, that maybe 20, 30 years ago was true, but it's not true for now. And we saw that during the Trump years, right? We saw candidates in 2018 and 2020 win with pro-immigrant messages. So I think it just takes some, some, some candidates, some folks of the Democratic establishment to keep up with things. But I think, like you said, like there are really great progressive candidates who've shown us that it is possible. Um, and we just, like, like I said, we want the Democratic Party to catch up um, to the reality that we're living in. Um, and I think they, they do get nervous, but what we wanted to do was, again, tell them, these are the pro-immigration messages that we know work, not only with the base, but with folks you're trying to convince. And you know, if you look at what Republicans are doing, they're using immigration because they can't talk about popular policies. They don't have popular policies to talk about. So they use immigration as a scare tactic. And so what we're trying to get the Democratic Party to do is to respond um, and lean in, lean in and, and tell the American people your plan, what we're going to do, how we treat immigrants. I will say, I think one of the examples we saw recently was what we're seeing in Florida and Texas and what the folks there are doing in terms of busing migrants to different locations, lying to migrants. I think that was a great example of being able to show the American people, this is what the Republican Party will do. And here is what Democrats can do to make sure we treat people with dignity and respect. And I saw a lot of Democrats be able to, to respond to that. And that's what we want to continue for them to do, especially in the, you know in the next five weeks before the midterms. Yeah, look, uh, I'm, of course, 10,000 times harsher than you or probably anybody else uh, about Democrats, but uh, clowns and, uh, and cowards. Uh, so uh, the polling is with us on every issue, on every issue. And they just hide and hide and hide in a corner. It's really quite pathetic. Uh, anyways, uh, but on this issue of, of immigration, you guys tested the framing. So what framing works best? How should Democrats be talking about immigration? Well, let me talk about DACA again as an example, because it's so timely, because we could get a decision from the Fifth Circuit any day now. We know that the Republicans have gone after the DACA program, right? Republicans are the ones that have been trying to kill it for years. And so when we remind voters of that, when we remind them DACA is still at risk, here are the, the villains, right, of the story. Here are the folks going after it. And DACA recipients, um, you know, deserve to have citizenship, a pathway to citizenship. They have family members here. They contribute to our communities we see that that motivates people to vote, which is a great thing. It doesn't mean only that the message was working, it's popular, it's motivating people to the polls. And so we're encouraging Democratic candidates to use that in their ads, in their scripts, 
um, in their stump speeches, all of those things to, again, use something that's very timely and that's going to be in the news pretty, you know, in, in a matter of days or weeks um, to really show the contrast. And then it's really key and important for the Democrats to be able to talk about why do the Democrats need to keep control of Congress, why they need more senators, why they need to keep the House. Well, because if DACA goes away because of the courts, then we need Congress to take action and pass citizenship for millions of young immigrants. And they're able to, you know, show exactly like when something like this happens, this is the reason why we need to keep Congress. So that was one of the messages that a lot of our organizations tested and we got great results from every single time we tested the DACA program and what's happening to it. Yeah, it's it's just impossible not to get frustrated at Democrats um, because uh, to your point, dreamers are so popular that they're they either join up in the military or they did great in high school and they're going to college. I mean, they're all American and everybody wants to defend them. They're good kids, right? And doing the right things. It's so easy. It's a layup. And my guess is you guys, it, okay, let me ask you the formal question. Have Democrats seen the obvious things that you guys are saying and flocked to it and now they're all doing ads about it? Or are they still, oh, right-wingers say bad things about immigrants, they're so scared. I think that I've seen really positive things from the candidates I've mentioned, right? Like, I do think that there's candidates out there that stand out um, and that are doing, um, they're putting out ads or talking about it, leaning in. Um, again, like I think the Fetterman ad uh, with his wife was really, really strong, right? And see, see someone that could have been a DACA recipient, could have benefited from the plan. But I think our hope is that when we continue to put things out there, that um, they'll catch on and that we're able to um, ensure that there's better Democrats going to Congress, right? Democrats who are able to lean on these things that are important to our communities. Um, and that's our hope that we're able to, uh, you know, win races in, in November and then make more of a case as we go into 2024, which is going to be such an important year for our country, especially if, you know, yeah. Trump runs again. Yeah. That means leadership has not signed on. Uh, that's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll take, do the best we can. I love that you guys are out there and, and I love that smart, strong people like Michelle and Fetterman are paying attention and actually doing things that help their campaigns. Uh, so give me one more on framing. Uh, what's another positive way to frame immigration? You can talk about the economy and how immigrants are good for the economy, right? Immigrants wanting to come to this country, immigrants being here and having essential jobs, that's the sign of a thriving economy. Um, immigrants, uh, reminding immigrants, uh, reminding the American people that immigrants are also your teachers, your healthcare workers, your service workers. That's another way to remind folks that immigrants are just part of our communities. You know, Republicans are able to use scare tactics and we're just able to talk about the reality. And that's the reality is that everyone has an immigrant that's part of their neighborhood, that's part of their community. And so again, reiterating the fact that immigrants are just like everyday people, just like you, like, I mean, I'm an immigrant obviously, but just like yourself and like other folks, I think being able to lean on that and talk about the positives is another you know, great example of what Democrats should be doing in their um, midterm ads. Yeah, look, I'm an immigrant. I first generation came here when I was eight years old. I uh, didn't speak English. I've created hundreds of jobs here in America. I, mean, I came here when I was seven, so look at us doing things. Yep. 100%. And uh, we'd be lucky if we can get three Democrats in the country to defend us. It, when in reality, it's so simple 
just, hey, look, there's an immigrant who's a business owner. Hey, there's an immigrant exactly. who joined the military. Hey, there's an immigrant who's a teacher, right? And invite the Republicans to attack them. That is exactly. a very unpopular position to attack immigrant soldiers and teachers. But Democrats couldn't do politics if their life depended on it. So cross your fingers and hope that they accidentally win. Okay. Uh, Brunus, thank you for joining us. United We Dream Action doing really good work in finding the right ways to talk about this issue and to defend all of us. So we appreciate it. Thanks for having me.